0: Hey guys, it's Brittany here with Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi, and I wanted to give a special shout-out to my sponsor, Verbal Inc. It's a live storytelling event happening every first Friday, also known as Art Walk, in the lower level of the Art Museum of South Texas. Listen to live storytellers tell really amazing stories based off of that month's theme, February's theme will be escape you if you're interested in being a storyteller you can actually submit a story on www.verbal-inc.com in addition to look at the following months I think all the way through 2020s different themes so if there's a theme that you identify with most and you have a story to tell about it get that story ready so you can submit and have the verbal ink team review it Uh, It's a really neat event. They had the first one last month, and I recommend that everybody go. It would be really neat if you, say, Leading Ladies of Corpus Christi sent you whenever you check in at the Art Museum of South Texas. Doors open at 7 o'clock. The event starts at 7.30. Make sure you get a seat. We went in pretty late and had to stand, so it was standing room only at that point. But check it out, and if you have any more questions, reach out to uh, at verbalinc361 or www.verbal-inc.com. It's episode 80 of Leading Ladies Corpus Christi, and I'm sitting in the beautiful home of Sharon Custer Sedwick. She's a commissioner for the Arts and Cultural Commission. It's for the city, right? It's a city uh, commission. She's also on the board for the Art Museum of South Texas, and she's also been involved with Dia de los Muertos Festival and helped get it where it is today. So welcome, Sharon.
1: Thank you. I don't know that I would say get it where it is today because the people at K-Space, we all had a vision um, we didn't have any money, but we had a vision, <laughs> and they had already done along with Belinda Edwards at um, Access Tattoo. They had already started Dia, but we were dead broke at K Space.
0: Mm-hmm. Dead. Broke. Why is that?
1: Contemporary art gallery, um, and it all came to pass one day that a couple of people in the community were called together to try to help K-Space because they were floundering. And
0: when was this?
1: Oh, golly, 2008, yeah, 2008, I guess. Okay. And so a group of us came to this meeting, and I left that day, somehow, chairman of the board of (laughs) K-Space.
0: It was meant to be, I think.
1: Well, maybe. um but you know we we couldn't pay our executive director michelle smith who just did has done k space and done it so well and i have untold respect for michelle um and her love for that gallery and her love for the arts in corpus christi so i became chairman of the board and um I have no artistic talent. None. Zero. I, I don't find even that write. hard None. to believe. None. 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 I, I don't even write my name well. <laughs> don't even write my name well. But um, but I knew from going to the art museum and going to the art center that K-Space had a niche. Absolutely. Um, and I appreciate it. All the hard work and all the passion that was in that room for that place. So we went to work and we made a lot of changes real fast. Uh, I was like, okay, well, we need money.
0: Um, Right, and I feel like that it's hard for some people, especially when it comes to art, the arts. To prioritize that, the business side.
1: And, it, and, the, and that was a big part of it. The, the board became a mix of artists and business people. And um, I have kind of a big personality. Um, so I came in with guns blazing, and we went to work. And we stopped feeding everybody, and we started having real gallery openings and we started insuring our art and we started trying to make changes and it was difficult in, there, in
0: what way like with getting support <clears throat>
1: yes and that kills me it, it it was it was real difficult i would say k-space and people would look at me and go what they would to go oh that funky little place over there
0: across from crawdaddy <laughs> hey, like, what a difference though yeah. from twenty two thousand eight 2008 to 2020.
1: oh my gosh it it's like light years but i mean we had the most fabulous board um i mean and we all went to work we had heidi Hobda, who's mm-hmm. been on your show we had omar lopez we had steve mcmaine's um gosh jenny arnold uh just great combination uh diana byers uh just a great combination of people
0: so do you choose who gets to be on the board when you're at that level
1: you know at that point we, we kind of did. We all just kind of came together, and we formed a board. And, I mean, we started having board meetings, and um, probably one of my biggest pet peeves is a board meeting that goes on and on and on for hours. Oh, any meeting. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no.
0: Non-focus.
1: Here, here, here's the agenda. This is what we're doing. I'm sorry we're not talking about that today. We're staying <laughs> on agenda, and we're doing this in an hour, and da-da-da-da-da. So, long story short, uh, the gallery slowly, gosh, so slowly, we still weren't able to pay Michelle, you know, and it was just, it was just such a struggle. Um, but they had done Dia de los Muertos, Michelle and uh, Belinda Hughes, and I had seen some of that, and I was like, wait a minute, y'all have this many people down here, and we didn't do this, and we didn't do that, and I'm like, we can make money on this. We can make money on this. And so we went after it. I was like, we're going to make some money. And we went after it not knowing a whole lot what we were doing. But then that next year, so I guess that was, I guess that was eight.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, We threw a big festival with music and stages and Iron pours, and, and it began.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a Corpus Christi staple. I think it's everybody's favorite festival. You know
1: what? I I think it is beyond a Corpus Christi thing now. I think it is a state event. Um, I was down there this year, and I will be real honest. I cried a little bit um, because it is everything that I thought, it could be.
0: What an amazing feeling from it having was, the idea to it coming to fruition. It
1: was so emotional. And Omar was in charge this year. And um, it was just one of those great moments. We, uh, that year, we did the mural that is at the end of Star Street. Mm-hmm. And Joe Adami was mayor. Oh, wow. And, um, we were able to get people behind us to do this. And our artist at K Space went down and painted this mural. Oh gosh, Day Wheeler and Jimmy Pena and oh just so many of them and they would so go, talented. Oh my gosh. So talented. Um, and they would go down and they would paint Linda Riley and their names are on there. And that area right there at a time, at this time graffiti was a huge issue in Corpus Christi. A huge issue. Um, So we did the mural and the homeless would watch every day. Uh, There were some lighting problems. I was able to get an electric friend come out and fix that for us. And AEP did their part and got the power to it. And so we have this beautiful mural downtown that was lighted and we dedicated it back to the city. That mural has had little to no graffiti on it.
0: There's just respect.
1: They there was respect because, like I said, the homeless would come through and they would watch every day and they were they were in it. Mm-hmm. You know, they loved watching it come up. And and I know they're transients and I know those same homeless people aren't there today, but it was just a really good time, and I remember that night at the end of the festival and taking the money bag to the bank, and I think we made 40000 that year.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: And I remember <laughs> sitting in the car with a policeman behind me mm-hmm. at Navy, Army, Cred- Federal Credit Union, Because Robin Sims was on our board. Um, I just remember sitting there in that line and crying again that we had made that money. Because I was like, well, this money's spent because we've got to fix the door. And we've
0: got to pay Michelle. But I love that you prioritize paying the executive director. Yes. I mean, that's tremendous. Because, you know, you hear stories about when people suddenly come into a lot of money for whatever reason. They're instantly thinking about how it can benefit themselves and no way
1: no no and and because of the festival I believe people started seeing K-Space and we started doing our juried show and it started getting written up in glass tire and we started getting some recognition and um you know it was just I'm I'm a proud mama Mm -hmm. I'm a proud proud mama um I gave a party there recently during the holidays and Jimmy Pena was there working that night and he goes Sharon I'm still doing this because (laughs) it was so funny volunteers were taking turns on Saturdays Mm -hmm. going up open the gallery work in the gallery blah 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 and Jimmy needed the money and I said Jimmy will you take care of the galleries on Saturday? And he said, yeah. And Jimmy Pena is still there on Saturdays. I love it. And now for events. Taking care of the gallery just like I knew he would. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the funniest things, we were having a big show, and Day Wheeler – I was like, okay, now y'all got to get out there and y'all got to talk to them. Y'all got to sell this art and we got to get this money. It was always about money. Well, um, I think
0: it's good that there was someone focused on that aspect of it.
1: Well, it was good and it was bad. Some of the artists, you know, were like, oh, all she thinks about his money. And I was like, I know, that, that <laughs> is all I think
0: about. You're right. But you're like, you're thinking about it in terms of how to benefit them.
1: You're right. That is all I think about. But I will, you know, Day, for instance, she was, um, she's like, well, I can't sell. And I was like, yes, you can. Yeah, you can. You can do it. And so, um, (laughs) and so um, Day sold her first piece of art. And I was like, see, Day, I knew you could do it. And I mean, just good people and then we started having wig out
0: Mm -hmm. which has become a big deal yes and that's um, at the art museum now right
1: or is it still at no wig out is our other fundraiser at k-space okay and it got started getting notary and you know it just was a great time and people in the community and i'm gonna say this even being on the board of the art museum the art museum the art center they started recognizing k-space they started seeing that hey they really do have some cool stuff coming through there mm-hmm. um so you know that's that's been
0: just so cool to watch um
1: now I'm on the arts and cultural.
0: Yes, and so your term, it, you got—is it an elected position?
1: Uh, well, your name is put up, and then the city council votes on you.
0: Right, and that you got to put in your position in 2019. Yes. Okay. Well, congratulations. no, not 2019. Or oh, this is your second term. That. This
1: is my second term. Yes. This is my second term. Miss Heidi Hogda, one of your previous guests. Loop scooped me into that. Um, (laughs) That sounds like her. Yeah. Um, But the Arts and Cultural Commission has since opened up so many things that I didn't know about. About my city. About my city. And
0: that, to me, is the most rewarding thing.
1: It really has been. I mean, I don't think people in Corpus Christi realize the art and the quality of art Absolutely. that we have in this city. I don't think very many people realize it. Um, I mean, when you look at Kent Olberg and when you look at Bill Wilhemy, and you look, Linda Riley, Linda Jones, when you look at the quality of artists, in the city you you
0: go wow it's been here the whole time it's
1: been here the whole time
0: I have to be honest up until I started doing this podcast did I start to become more privy to what's being offered especially in the art community yeah it's very impressive
1: you know it it really is for a city our size now I will get on my soapbox and say...
0: Yes, please.
1: There is so much more to be done. Um, Our city needs to do more, and they need to be more respectful.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Of our art and recognize it. Because I will tell you right now, people will not move to a city where arts and culture are not a key they're not going to do it I believe I I don't care what you bring here I don't care what you do without that component without that arts and cultural component it's not going to happen
0: I 100% believe that I mean yeah I you can see what a difference just with the art uh, culture being more prevalent downtown how more and more people are interested in going there it's just kind of it's a it's almost like a prerequisite for people oh. to be interested.
1: Well, it's like art walk. Gosh, I think the first art walk we did there might have been fifty people. And, and it now was like, oh Lord, I don't think this is gonna work. <laughs> I don't think this is gonna work. And now look at it, you know, and I drove by La Rotama Park during the holiday, and it was all lit up, and I mean, it was just beautiful. And the summer art projects that we did for kids at K Space, where they painted inside the tunnel.
0: Yes, that know, was so cool.
1: Just we just did so many grassroots things. We had graffiti classes for kids that had gotten busted for graffiti. Um, I don't think I knew that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, we did. Um, and that was, you know, just another thing. It made me appreciate graffiti art. There is graffiti, which is vandalism. Yes. But then there is graffiti art. Yes. You know, so it made me appreciate that. I went back and realized that hieroglyphics are graffiti art. Mm-hmm. And every stage in history... You know, I think it was World War One. They had the little happy face with the tongue hanging yes. out. And then, of course, in the 70s, we had our peace symbol. Mm-hmm. So every time of conflict, there is some kind of graffiti art that has come out of that.
0: I don't think I've, I ever made that relation. I had
1: never made that either until until I got involved with K-Space. And it it, it was such a learning experience for me. Um it is still one of my favorite times. It, it's one of my favorite well,
0: times. Well, it just sounds like you were a big influencer at the time. Like, you really helped people realize, like, hey, this could be better. And that you were there, like, when good changes were happening.
1: Well, some of them may even tell you, oh, my God, that woman. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of— Well, you have a big personality, like I you said. I have a big personality, and I kind of ran it like a military operation it kind of it bugged me to pieces that michelle was not getting paid it ju- it kept me awake at nights um she's so talented and she's done so much good uh for case space and just the arts community in corpus christi and it just kept me awake at nights that
0: we weren't paying her but then you help do something about it
1: but then we got her paid, and I, th- <laughs> and the rest I think of she's history. being paid. I don't think she'd still be doing it if she wasn't. And, it, you know, like I said, when I gave this little party at K-Space recently, um, I just had so many people say, oh, my gosh, it's just fabulous, and what a great place for a party, and the art, and blah, blah, blah. And I just was, I was And they had so, never been there? Some of them had not. Okay.
0: Yeah, that blows my mind. It's open some to the public.
1: Some of them had not. And it was just a really proud mama moment for me. I was real proud. You know, and then I'm on the board at the Art Museum of South Texas, which is just another
0: Yes, what is that like? Ugh. And what is and what does it mean to be on the board?
1: You know, we're involved in in at the in the Art Museum of South Texas and what goes up on the walls and how it's financed and if an air conditioner goes down and where's the money coming from and getting people in a getting people into the art museum but getting funding and getting people to be involved in the art museum go to the art museum go have lunch at the art museum yes do yourself a favor walk through the galleries at the museum go sit at hester's and have lunch and go wow
0: this is really cool. It's really cool. I went in there uh, last art walk, and um, the exhibit that's up currently with, like, the stills from animated mm-hmm. films, and mm-hmm. oh, man, I mean, I could just, that was a great place to be that night, so.
1: Yeah, you know, we just have so, as as much as I said, if you don't have arts and cultural, people don't come here, I strongly feel like our arts and cultural is not always supported from within our city
0: and I've heard this from multiple avenues and it kills me because we have a commission how long has the commission been around oh gosh I don't a a long time okay I'm Um, surprised to hear that
1: quite a while um and I will say you know Heidi and Brad Kisner and the group before us, they are the ones that really pulled that commission together, and they got the book done. Have you seen the book, Public Art of Corpus Christi? No. I'll have to get you one.
0: Where do, I, where do you find these?
1: Um, they have them at City Hall.
0: Okay, I, I, I've heard of it now that you're mentioning yeah. this, but I haven't seen it.
1: Which needs to be updated, but I just wish I could get people to appreciate What we have more, I mean, just the art museum building is one of the finest pieces of architecture
0: in the state. Yeah, I yes, I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't been everywhere in the state, but it it is a sight to behold. It's a
1: sight to behold. And what other art museum do you know of that sits on the water?
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that statement alone. I mean, just our. Bayfront is just incredible. You know, and then, of course, like you said, to have the art museum. And then they have the views. I mean, you can be in there and have beautiful pieces of artwork to your right and then a view of the ocean yeah. to your left.
1: And have a great lunch.
0: And have a great lunch, yeah.
1: So, you know, I my pet peeves are people not supporting some of the very cool things we have. You know, every time, like when the collar Times did their mural and different people have done murals on their building, I always... Feel a little sense of pride from the very first mural that went up on star street so you know
0: it's that is good that has to be a cool feeling
1: it is you know and sometimes i'll be out and about and i'll just go check on it i'll just go check on it and make sure it's okay and, <laughs> you know it's one of my little babies and um so yeah i, I you know as mad as i get at corpus christi which I can get real mad and I can get real off on a soapbox about it. There are so many things we have
0: that we take for granted. Absolutely. And I just want, you know, I, 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 maybe I'm an eternal optimist, but I feel like the culture is just shifting slightly, especially within um, the uh, like the younger crowds, I feel like.
1: And, and that really is, I think... One of the keys is the young people becoming more involved. I know at the Art Museum we have a really good group of young adults. Um, They do a big summer party, Art Rages, at the Art Museum. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, they do Art Rages at the Art Museum in the summertime and they get young people in there like that. There's young people on the committees, there's young people on the board, which I think it's so important. Yes, um, to get our, our young adults
0: involved. Well, they want to be. They do. They have very strong opinions about what they find to be, you know, important and what should be a focus well, in the community.
1: they're going to be the next leaders. You know, um, we're getting old. There's a lot of us that are getting older, and um,
0: but even still, your your thinking is just so forward. Which is why I think that helps, that because you guys are leading the way for them. True, uh,
1: you know Steve McMaines, um, bless his heart. He, like I said, he was on the board with us at K Space, and uh, he he and Scott Ellison were my legal people for when I maybe had some crazy idea or got in trouble for something, and I'd say, hey guys. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah, it's important to have a good leadership you know, and, and, and I've funny. seen
1: Steve McMaine go on to be do the the um, Irish festival uh you know at St Patrick's Day, the mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day Festival, and now he's cheering cattle Barons this year for the American Cancer Society.' Mm-hmm. That's so a big one. As I see these young adults stepping up and taking these leadership positions, you know, I'm just like, yeah. It's going to be okay.
0: And that, that to me has to be the most calming feeling. Because I know, like you said, you're constantly worried about it. It's like you're, yeah. you know, or not worried, but concerned. You know, you want to make sure everything's still on its way to, to bigger and better things. So it, it's, it, I feel good knowing that you get some sense of relief whenever you see the involvement of the younger, young ones.
1: Yeah, I, I really do. As, as I see more and more of our young adults stepping up i like, oh, it's all going to be okay.
0: I know. The legacy <laughs> it's all be lives okay. on. So I know earlier <laughs> you mentioned you don't have any artistic talent at all. None. But that doesn't change the fact that you've been involved with the arts in some way, I mean, for years. Yeah. So how did that come about? I mean, were you just always interested in it, just appreciate appreciate it?
1: I appreciate it. I love art. And and I don't have a medium. I don't have. I just love art. I love pretty things. I love great. I just love it. I just love it. It's, you know. And and the art in my house as I look around, it, it's. As I know. Random, I can't help looking around. Well, it's around. random. It it's just as random as it can be. Um, but it
0: still goes. You know what you I know, mean? You
1: know it does. Um, we buy art when we travel.
0: Oh. Excellent, like my memory.
1: Yeah. That's we so, such we a good idea. That one painting um, on the wall, uh, We when we were in Florence, the first day we got there, a lady was painting that. And every day as I walked by the Piatti, she was still painting. And about the third day, I said, I want that. And I'm going home next Monday. And she said, it'll be ready.
0: Wow. That's it. So you actually got to see that painting I got to become see it every
1: single day.
0: How cool is that?
1: It was, it was so cool. Um,
0: That's so a yeah, neat story. It, you
1: know, um, I, I'm. I, besides that, I I like having local artists. Yes, I like having local artists. Um, I have Shelley Porter who used to live here. Uh, she's actually designing the dresses this year for Las Donas wow. de la Corte for yes. the, uh, the uh, festival. You know, um, uh, gosh, I have some Chispa Blunters and I have some of Michelle Smith's, and you know, just...
0: That's so exciting.
1: I just like having local artists.
0: So did growing up, did you have an idea that you wanted to no. be close to... <laughs>
1: No, not at all.
0: It, it, and are you from Corpus? No, I'm okay. from Alice. Okay. Which,
1: y'all, great South Texas coastal Bend, town. Coastal Bend. Go Coyotes! Yes. Um, no, I'm I'm from Alice. I did not have a big art background. Um, that one, the one painting above my fireplace, though. So my father was in Guatemala working, and he brought that home. And oh well, wow. he loved that painting. It was his, he loved that painting. It reminded him of this place in Guatemala. And so when he died, I got the painting. And I've had it reframed and matted. um, And it's just, you know, a great memory.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, you can't help thinking of your father every time you see it.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of like, oh, this is, this is cool. So, yes, I don't have any medium. I just think everything's pretty.
0: But I, it's just so neat. You're like, you know, even though I'm still not quite convinced you don't have any artistic talent, but okay. that's another that's another story. But I, it's really cool to me that you're like, even still, I'm going to do everything I can to help support. Yeah. I mean, everything that you've been doing is, yeah. is a, a way of supporting it. So, okay, this is your second term on the Arts and Cultural Commission for the City. So do you find that you guys are making strides now? Because ultimately your the uh, purpose for you guys is to help bring in right pieces, artists?
1: Um, well, yes and no. Our duty is to make sure that the art we currently have stays in great shape Okay. and is taken care of and maintained. And if it has passed its prime, to take care of getting rid of it, which is called a Mm deascension, and doing new art pieces throughout the city. So it is our duty as commissioners to take care of what we have and to get new pieces. And one of the things that we're working real hard on and with some of the different pool areas, uh, like Collier Pool, things like that, is doing art that is functional. So oh, like, yeah. Tell, tell me more. Well, like it. I think it was Collier Pool. We did an art piece that cover that works as a shade area.
0: Oh, I know exactly what you're talking yes. about. Yes. So those That's are some brilliant. of the things That's too brilliant. that that we we want to see is art as function. Yes, and uh, do you find it's easier to? Is this something that you need to get like the community's approval of?
1: Uh, we don't have to get the community's approval, but we do have to have city council
0: approval, right? Which is almost uh, yeah. That's, that's we a have to
1: have city council <laughs> approval, and you know those wheels do turn slow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a city employee. <laughs> okay, those 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 wheels turn slow, mm-hmm. um, frustratingly slow at times. Um. You know, uh, I recently learned that in San Antonio, their arts and cultural division in San Antonio has like eighteen employees. Wow, how many one, do you... we have one <laughs> We have one employee well, yeah,
0: that's pretty you major. know so
1: um, but like last year, we'd inventoried all of the art. we all took art and we went and we made we took pictures of it, we saw what kind of shape it was in. We made notes, and we did every, I think it's 86 pieces of art in the city, and the ones that have tiles broken and things like that, we
0: did reports and had them fixed. Wow. And I find that it's probably like the average citizen wouldn't notice something like that because they're focused on, like, infrastructure, but this is the kind of thing, these little but, like, important things that are happening that are helping the city be better? I, I like to think so. Absolutely. Trust me, the city wouldn't have a commission for arts and cultural, culture if it weren't important.
1: You know, I, I hope the city maybe does acknowledge the work that we, that we try to do. We're, we're working real hard on trying to get an art app that won't cost the city anything where you can log in and it, you can do an art walk.
0: Oh, that's an excellent yeah, idea. We're
1: working real hard on getting that in, in 2020. And, um, you know, there's just, there's a lot of things that we can do besides just keeping the art clean and in good shape. We also give grants. Really? Oh yes. We have a very big grant writing for the different activities cultural side of it the art side of it and so we give grants every year through the arts and cultural commission to people that apply to have a festival like Dia de los Muertos really? yes like wow. Dia de los Muertos and things that we do at the art museum and things that are done at the art center and the ballet for Chloricos. and you have to go through a grant application And we grade those very
0: seriously. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it a
1: yearly thing? It is a yearly thing. And then after their event, they have to send in their report, and we read every report. And we judge it, and we grade it. Wow. And that also goes into their
0: packet for their next year's money. But, I mean, that's incentive to, I mean, really get it together and... and uh, you would think so. Put together.
1: <laughs> you, would, uh. you would think so. Um, unfortunately, I don't think some people... This is probably not going to be a good thing
0: to say. Well, I can tell you, I mean, I don't know the first thing about planning an event. And so I'm sure some people are like, well, I'm just going to wing it and hopefully... You know, I get this really awesome funding, but I mean, it can't. There needs to be some organization. Oh, and there some needs thought. to. And some
1: of these are not or, well organized. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. The Arts and Cultural Commission offer, also offers offers an orientation. We have you come in. We tell you what you need to do. What? For oh, yeah. No, we're not just. I had no idea. No, no, we give grants. We we have an orientation where we bring your event in and we say okay this is what you have to do and da 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 da, da wow to get to the next level what a
0: resource
1: yeah it we can be if people will just use us but then again and maybe you know the the people that apply for grants do know mm-hmm. how many of them take advantage of it i don't know right but i don't think is one thing i would like to see us do um is improve the quality of our events Mm -hmm. and not have so many little, for the lack of a better term, nickel and dime events. Mm -hmm. I would like to see us have maybe one event every month that is really a showcase event that people will come to Corpus Christi. Because our money for the Arts and Cultural Commission comes from hot dollars, and hot dollars are hotel and occupancy Yes, I just
0: learned what that was uh, from Heidi.
1: Yes, so we get our money to do these things based on hot dollars, and hot dollars really transcribes to heads and beds, Mm -hmm. and some of our festivals do not put enough heads and beds.
0: I believe that. And, and I'm, I'm, they just must not be thinking about it in those terms, right?
1: You know, I just think they're having these little festivals. And um, there are a couple of them, and I'm not going to name them, that have so much potential. Mm-hmm. That have so much potential. Um, but it's either always been done that way, uh-huh. or this is the way we do it, and this is why we do it, and they're not real flexible mm-hmm.
0: and that's right i mean you can literally say hey here here's how you can approach this and um they don't want to like right. leading a horse to water kind of thing right so it's just kind of frustrating sometimes yeah but
1: we do all op- the arts and cultural commission we do offer a lot of stuff
0: i had no idea yeah. and that's really good to know like where can people find out more information about
1: uh they what can you call offer? um i don't have the number on me but they can call the um city Mm -hmm. parks and recreation oh
0: parks and rec okay
1: and as for shelly rios okay and shelly is the um our leader and she's in charge of the arts and cultural commission as our liaison with the city
0: okay very good
1: and um, we're real happy to have her
0: yeah that's like i said i mean i'm i've been working with the city for it'll be 10 years this year no idea that that was that that was offered um, or that we had an arts and cultural commission, I'm embarrassed to say. Yes. Uh, so you also said that you just recently joined, back, or you got back on the board. Of, of the Purple Door. Yeah, the Purple Door. Tell me about this. I had Fran on. Oh, did yes, you? Yes, I had Fran on, and she was excellent.
1: Well, Fran's are badass. And <laughs> she's, she's awesome. She's going to die laughing, because one time we were having something, and, and Fran said, I can be a badass if I have to. <laughs> and... Uh, she's so beyond fabulous and in the purple door also formerly known as the women's shelter of mm-hmm. south texas we are so blessed to have her um oh gosh the purple door um it is besides the arts and corpus christi the purple door is my true love this is this will be my second little rotation. I was served on the board for six years, and I had to lay off for a year, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm back.
0: Um, and when, when did you go back? Last Wednesday. <laughs> oh, my God. So this is like new, new. Last Wednesday. That's um, fantastic. I
1: never, I never went very far away, though, um, from the Purple Door. Um, you know, the Purple Door, A. Domestic violence is a rampant disease in South Texas.
0: Ugh, that killed me. It just is. Mm -hmm. Domestic violence is a rampant disease. And something that she had mentioned that I hadn't even considered. Okay, so, and this is just the way my mind works. When I think of domestic violence, nine times out of ten, it's a man- against a woman, but it happens amongst same-sex couples as well, and women abuse men as well. Yes. And uh, so this is like an all-encompassing thing. Oh, yes.
1: <clears throat> you know, and I think, I think that is one of the stigmas, uh, is that they think, oh, some woman got beat up. Well, no. That woman, A, either got beat up by... Her partner, who might be a woman, or this man got beat up by his partner that was a man. Mm -hmm. This man has been abused by by his wife. I mean, it happens. Domestic violence, we do see, of course, most of it is men Mm -hmm. to women. Um. But it is just rampant in South Texas, and it's weird stuff. It's weird, creepy stuff, like we have a big intake on a Monday if the Dallas Cowboys
0: lose. You're kidding. Oh, my God. So you're going to go knock the crap
1: out of your wife because the Dallas Cowboys lost. I, it leaves yeah, you speechless.
0: Yeah, I don't speechless. even know what to say. It I'm leaves you like, speechless. But, you know, you after you say it, I'm like, of course. You know, I don't know how to describe it. It's just... It's disgusting. Yeah, that's the perfect word for it.
1: Um, but the purple door... Um, a lot of your viewers will probably know that my daughter, Jennifer Cave, was murdered in 2005. And hers was not a partner thing it was somebody she knew which most murders are by somebody random murders are very very few and far between most probably over 60 percent of murders are by somebody you know um so jennifer was murdered in 2005 by a young man uh, named colton petoniak and um few years later, I was asked to be on the board of the Women's Shelter.
0: Oh, they asked you? Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: And I said, you know, I, I would really, really like to do this. By that time, I had gotten very involved in crime victims' rights and crime victims' advocacy and uh, had had two bills passed in the state legislature, uh, the Jennifer Cave Act which was making mutilation of a corpse a felony which it hadn't been before and then the jurors counseling act and so crime victims was really really at the top of my um the top of my game and uh so fran called me and she said would you consider being on the women's shelter and i was like yeah i would i said but am I going to be a distraction? And she said, no. She said, I think you can help us. And um, it has since become... it, It is the proudest thing I do. Wow. As much as I love the arts, the women's shelter is... My, it's my heart. Um, you know, and it's, um, it's made me recognize some things. Um, I came out of a very bad marriage, um, that was very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that. And that's why I got out. But people, and not no, nobody knows this. It's this the first time I've really said this. Um, but it was a very violent um, marriage, and people that look at me are like, "No, not her.
0: Yeah, me. Isn't yeah, isn't yeah, that, me. <clears throat> yeah, it was me. And that's such an important thing to share because most people assume that." that women that are, you know, in relationships like this for any period of time are meek and, no. you know, soft-spoken and unopinionated?
1: No, that's, that's probably one of the biggest lies of domestic violence. And the small town that I was living in then, I was just my daughters and I were just discussing this the other day. I said, you know, it has just recently occurred to me That in this small town that we lived in, five of my friends were also going through this.
0: Yeah.
1: So recently, I've been dealing with some guilt about, why didn't any of us say anything? Why didn't any
0: of us do anything? Why... Why? Why? And I find that that's come up a lot, especially with the whole hashtag me too kind of thing. People are really questioning why Why? people were quiet for so long. And my
1: ex-husband is still alive and out of respect for my other daughter and in, in, in respect of Jennifer, you know I don't talk about it very much um, but it was bad and um, as I work on the shelter and the purple door and I see what is happening more and more I'm like good grief why didn't you say something why didn't you do something why aren't you doing something <sighs> and it's something that weighs on me a lot a whole lot
0: um, you have to forgive yourself, though.
1: Yeah, and and I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. I know um, it's not an. Overnight. You know, and honestly, I'm trying to work on forgiving people that also knew.
0: Oh wow! Oh, yeah, of course, there, it's never just between the two people.
1: No, I mean, I'm trying to, like- to work on people that knew and didn't say anything, and I. That is, I'm saying that because this. Is the problem. It is the dirty little secret nobody wants to talk about. So if you see something, if you hear something, if you suspect something, for God's sake, say something. Yes. Say something.
0: You could save a life. And I just wonder like, it, it has to stem from fear, right? You're scared. You're, you're scared. I, but I mean, then I'm like, of what? I, I, you know, I don't know, being judged you know, or... Uh, yes. I, it has to be that, right? Being judged. People's perception being, of you now. Going to
1: be a single mother and how mm-hmm. am I going to make it? And I'm not going to have this income and I'm not... How am I going to do this? Um, it is fear on so many levels. Recently, my husband's firm cooked during the holidays for the shelter. And I got to go up and, and help them and visit and talk to people. And there was one lady there that clearly didn't belong there. There were a lot of them that clearly didn't belong there, but this lady struck, stuck out to me. So I walked her, I said, what's your story? And she said, well, I came here from another state with a man And he's abusive, and I had to leave, and that's why I'm at the shelter, and I have no money, and I don't have this, and I don't have that, and that's why I'm here until I can get on my feet. And I knew her. I knew her because I was her. I didn't ever have to go to the shelter, but I knew her because Mm -hmm. I was her except this lady was much more educated than i am she had two degrees but she was spending her christmas holidays in the shelter
0: so i mean and i knew her because yeah, she was me yeah so i mean regardless of socio socioeconomic standing and like that you is, said education anything
1: That whole, oh, that only happens to underprivileged people, that is the biggest lie that has ever been told. It happens at all levels. People in glass houses, people in thatch houses. It doesn't matter. It happens everywhere. But the people that may be more affluent or affluent or more reluctant to talk about it because of the shame involved.
0: Exactly. That's exactly right. Oh man.
1: Man, do you wanna do you wanna live that way because of your pride? I did. I lived that way.
0: Yeah, you don't want to disrupt the facade and yeah. know, the perception. And oh, it and, just it blows my mind.
1: I think the other thing and this is gonna be a whole that's a this is a whole nother tangent, but we were involved with the church and they knew. And these friends were involved in church and they all knew. But I mean it was the three little monkeys, hear no evil, see yes. no evil, speak no evil. And when I look back at that now I find anger at mm-hmm. them. I find anger at myself, I find anger at my, those people that were my friends, they're no longer my friends.
0: Yes, because it seems to me, you know, there's been a lot of hardship and just difficult situations throughout your lifetime, and yet here you are, you know, being involved and looking at everything, like, right in the face, and just, you know helping others who may be in similar situations and you know how did that you just seem so resilient like how did how did that come to be you know
1: you know I admire
0: um, it so much women that can just do what needs to be done
1: well since when Jennifer died um, uh, it took me a very long time to come back from that It was almost like being a stroke victim Kind of had to learn to walk and talk and be around people again but then we had trial forever
0: Uh, yeah i I did some research and it's you
1: know we were in trial (laughs) we're fortunately knock on wood um i think we've killed it all finally in 2019 but you know we were we've been in trial um But when Jennifer died and we had to get into the business of getting convictions, um, I had to do it. I had to do it right. I had to get it right for her. Um, I had to get it right for her. I had to get it right for our other children. Um, And I had to make sure that her death, I don't want to say was in vain, that's not what it, but that her death didn't go by without something good coming out of it. And I remember sitting in the hotel restaurant one night, and my friend Lillian Riojas was sitting by me. And I said, you know, I just can't understand how what they did to Jennifer's body is what it is, and I just can't get past this, and I just can't get my hands around this, and I don't, I don't understand it. And go, and I, this was an everyday thing, and Lillian goes, well, why don't you change it? And I went. Huh. Maybe I can. Maybe I can. And um, it's funny, I just had a call from my husband, and Juan Garcia was here for the Dr. Hector luncheon. Oh, wow. And Juan Garcia was our state rep. And helped me get all this legislation passed. And Jim, my husband, is with him right now. He's wow. taking him to the airport this wow. morning. Wow, interesting um, how that works. It, it is interesting, but um, after the first trial, I was, and it was legislative time. I started knocking on people's door, trying to get some leverage on this and juan garcia was like yeah i'll do this yeah let's do this and and we did and so um mutilation of a corpse is now a second degree so if that happens in with a murder then then it's eligible for capital murder charges wow and then jurors counseling um when we were in trial for ten days, the first time, when Colton was convicted, um, I saw these jurors. I saw these jurors come in, and there was one young girl on 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 the jurors uh, on the panel. and I saw her come in that first day, and then I saw what she looked like on day 10, and I saw how traumatized all of those people were that were on that jury. Um, one thing about juries, and especially in my case, there are photos of Jennifer's murder that I have never seen, and that have been deemed for my mental health, that I should never see. Um, So I asked 12 people to see those pictures for me, and to make decisions about this. I asked them to take something that I could not do, and they did it for me. And that's how I feel about juries. I get so mad when somebody's like, oh, that stupid jury. Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. No, no. It is not that stupid jury. That jury made a decision based on the evidence that was provided to them. Not stupid jury or lazy jury or whatever you want to say. That is a no.
0: And, yeah, you're very unique because most people's view on juries and jurors is exactly what you just said. I know, and it, wow. it, it's,
1: it's very frustrating for me because, I mean, that's really all that is done. You ask 12 people to come and sit and hear evidence. And so all they're doing is assimilating and putting together a decision based on what was presented to them.
0: But no, you're exactly right. And it's up to the... So
1: it's not a jury's fault if they don't get it right for whatever side of this you're on. Because I can tell you the other side on our case thought they got it totally wrong. So, yes. The jurors' counseling bill, you know, it was real interesting. There had been a really difficult case here in Corpus. And I'd gone before commissioner's court to get funding for some jurors' counseling. And it was Christmas, and this case had finished, and they had gotten their counseling, and uh, I was in Hobby Lobby. And a lady walked up to me, and she said, you're Sharon Cave. And I said, yes, I am. And she said, well, I was just on that jury, and thanks to you, I'm getting some counseling because I needed it after that because of what, of what we saw. And she said, thank you very much.
0: Wow. I can't believe it wasn't a thing that's No, in, and, wow. and you have to
1: also think that when you're on a jury, so the very first thing they say is do not talk about this. And for however long your jury may be impaneled, you're not supposed to talk about it with anybody. So now you've got it in your head not to talk about it. So now you're like, okay, thank you very much. Here's your $40. You're dismissed.
0: And you're just internalizing it.
1: So now something you haven't been able to talk about for 10, 20, 30 days, you're supposed to talk about. You can't, you, it doesn't break through like that. Doesn't break through like that. And so juror, jurors counseling and, and that bill, you know, if they've, if they've, they made me a better person um I feel like I did what Jennifer would have wanted me to do because she she was a good person. She loved everybody, she was sweet, she was kind. Um giving that that's that's why Jennifer was killed. Because she was sweet and kind and I don't know why Colton killed her, and I don't know why she went with him that night, but I do know in my heart that he said something like, oh, please, I need your help. And if you ever said that to her, it was a trigger. I need your help. It's a tr- it was a trigger to her as sure as sure a light bulb. So I know that in my heart, and I know that this is what she would have wanted me to do. And I know by being on the women's shelter board, the purple door board, that I'm doing what would have made her happy and would have made her proud of me.
0: I mean, I just can't even fathom the feeling. I mean, I'm a mom and um, just hearing you tell it and hearing what you how you turned it into an opportunity to help others is just tremendous. I just feel like I would just curl up and, and be nothing. I did. And and then you still managed to, to do what you needed to do and then some. I mean, that's another example to me of how, you know, for instance, with the art community, you don't make art, but you want to support them. You know, you look at jurors the way most people don't look at jurors, and you're looking at ways to support them. I mean... It, it, it's just incredible, and I admire you so much for everything that you have done and continue to do. And Well, don't
1: make me a saint, because I have an underlying bed of anger that fuels a lot.
0: And yet, um, I find that, in a weird way, this anger is is, is helping you to... Help others even still. Some people are just angry with no positive outlet for it.
1: I didn't I didn't want to be that person. I I, and I am mad. I'm still mad. I'm mad every time I get something, every time I get a victim services alert that something has come up, I get mad. I'm mad. Um but I knew what the anger would do to me. I knew that it would destroy my marriage now. Um, Jim said to me one day when we were leaving Austin after a particularly horrible day, he said, you know, he said, this will either make us or this will break us. And most couples cannot survive a tragedy like this. Um, and it takes a lot of work. There, there are a lot of days that I'm just mad. And there's a lot of days I don't want to get up in the morning. There's a lot of days I don't want to talk to anybody. And there are a lot of days when I get a crime victim's notification about something that I'm just furious and I'm, I'm mad at the world. I'm mad at everybody. But all that's going to do is hurt me. Exactly. You know, my youngest daughter, Lauren, after all this had happened, her first visit home, I was a shell. I was medicated. I was a shell. And it killed her. She said, I don't want to see you like this. I can't. I can't. I can't do this. I can't see you like this and have lost Jennifer. I can't. So you pull yourself together, and then I had amazing role models. Um, gosh I, I I've had such amazing role models. My victim services counselor in Austin was a lady named Ellen Halpert who has done more for crime victims than any single woman I've ever known. She stepped in and she just was my guiding compass. Um, Thank my, goodness for people like oh that. Oh my gosh, they are—they are truly angels on earth. My, uh, my aunt had lost a child. These people that have also lost children—they, they come to you and they say, "I'm here," and you know you're not alone mm-hmm. in this horribleness. Um, another friend of mine in Austin. Who happened to be from the small town that my girls grew up in had lost her daughter. Whoa! And and we have ne- we have this community now, um, where some days I might just reach out to my friend Jane and say I'm having a horrible day, and she's like, I get it, and that's all you need just to recognize that somebody recognizes that. You did not want to get up today.
0: And it's it's okay. It's okay.
1: There, The two things I have learned about grief, there's no yardstick, there's no timeline, and there's no measuring cup. There's not any, well, I'm sadder than you, or you're sadder than me, or yours was worse than mine or mine was worse than yours. There's none of that with grief. Grief is universal. Um, It doesn't have a sense of measure. Grief is what grief is to you. Now, grief can be a hard master and it can take over your life if you let it. You have to fight, it's, you know, I took my granddaughters to see uh, a Christmas carol Mm -hmm. and death, you know, the skiff and the dark guy. Well, that's what grief is like. And he comes at you and he's like, I'm, I'm going to take your life and you have to fight grief. You have to have a reconciliation with grief and say, I recognize you and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to grieve. And I'm going to do it my way, but I'm not going to let you take me. I'm not going to let you take me in that dark,
0: dark place. That is such a powerful statement to say because it's true. People will try to ignore it or numb it. Or, and then, you know, those are normal processes when dealing with grief. But for you to, like you said, reconcile with it and acknowledge, like, you're here. I'm going to deal with it. Well, and if you don't deal with it, it will deal with you.
1: One day when you least expect it, you might break an egg on the floor and it can just send you to the end of the world. So if you don't deal with grief and put grief on your terms, it will deal with you. And, you know, I don't want to say I grieve for Jennifer. I miss her. Every day. Um, it'll be 15 years in August. Uh, yeah, I And it's unfathomable to me because she was just lying on that couch with me the other day, you know, in, in my mind and in how time has transpired. But, you know, um, when things happen that are beautiful and joyous and perfect and good that's when I miss her those
0: are the days and see that's that's how you remember her yeah yeah that's those are
1: the those are the days I, I I don't recognize her with the evil surrounding her death I recognize her for who she was and how she was and how loving she was But that's what I have to do. I, you know, I don't know if it's right or wrong. I don't know.
0: Well, I just want to thank you so much for sharing all of this with me. I mean, I'm so honored to be in your home, and you were taking time out of a Saturday to talk to me about, you know, just everything that's been going on with you, and and uh, the way you've given back to the community, and so many others. In different ways and just i appreciate you very much and well i appreciate
1: you you coming by i've enjoyed it um support the purple door (laughs) absolutely
0: yes and the uh go see go go to the art
1: museum k space and art center and and support our local art community by local
0: yes yes so please always always support local and uh with people like you leading the charge i mean it's easy to follow so i hope so thank you again
1: you're welcome